Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm privileged to welcome a very, very accomplished professional and an author from Toronto, Canada, Marguerite Orain. Marguerite, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ash. Lovely to be here. Thank you. Marguerite is a joy coach, and she's an author. And all of you know I'm very partial to authors. Uh, we're going to talk about her books, uh, which are free, free and laughing, spiritual insights in everyday moments, and forget it, what's the point, letting go and claiming joy. Marguerite is also the Chief Executive Officer of Free and Laughing Incorporated. So Marguerite, let me start by asking you, Tell me about your own journey in brief after you sold your family business and went off to Harvard Business School. So I went off to Harvard Business School, returned, and I actually went back to Jamaica, okay. which I think is very unusual. Most people, when they leave Harvard Business School, um, head to Wall Street. In fact, I was so committed to going back to Jamaica that I didn't even interview on campus. So mm -hmm. while my, my classmates were interviewing, I was doing um, pottery and tap dance classes at Harvard okay. Square. Okay. So I went back and I worked with a Jamaican a locally based conglomerate. And um, I did that for about four years. Mm -hmm. And that has been the only time in my life when I've been employed mm -hmm. by someone else. The rest of my life, I've been self-employed. Oh, wow. And I kind of figured out after four years that I don't know if I like this employment thing. Mm. <laughs> the, the word free in the name of my business kind of mm. describes me. Oh, wow. So I left and, you know, did some soul searching and I decided to step out on my own, create my own job. Remember, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family, mm. so it wasn't unusual. Amazing. And over those many, many years, <clears throat> decades, mm. um, I am gone through many sort of permutations around consulting, then into facilitation, mm -hmm. and now in coaching uh, in the area of strategy, culture, and leadership. Mm -hmm. um, and then I moved to Toronto in 2009. Mm -hmm. I moved there with here, here with my two teenagers and three dogs. Mm -hmm. And um, I... You know, I, I maybe, you know, it's the immigrant um, perspective that, okay, I'm in the land of opportunity. I have so mm. much to give. I mean, I have a Harvard MBA. I have all of this experience. I had worked with uh, Canadian, um, the Canadian government on projects. I worked mm. with a, a consulting, one of the large consulting companies on a project. Mm. Land here. And... Um, Nothing, no mm -hmm. job, mm. no job. Amazing. So I was interviewing, pounding the pavement, selling myself. And then one day I just decided, you know, something. I actually, it was one of these um, moments where like clarity hits you like a bolt of lightning. A moment, huh? Yeah. And I was sitting in this job interview with, um, in, in one of the big banks mm -hmm. and I uh, I almost had a, I call it an out-of-body experience because mm. I 
I actually was sitting there being interviewed by this woman and mm. but I was looking at myself being interviewed mm. and there were two conversations one was the words I was speaking you know scripted in response to her ridiculous questions mm -hmm. and the other was I don't want this job mm. I don't want to be in this organization to report to this lady and I made up my mind right there I was done mm. So I headed out of the job interview, went downstairs, got on the train with a sense of freedom. Uh -huh. And by the time I got home, about a 45 minutes ride, I had made up my mind. Back to doing what I always do, which is create my own job. Amazing. And then here's the freaky thing about it. The next day, my eldest son was visiting from Trinidad and we went out, spent the day together. I didn't have my phone, no email. I was being good. I was being totally focused on him. Come home in the evening. This was November. And come home and check my email. And there is an email from a client in Jamaica, a former client in Jamaica saying, Margaret, would you be available to come to Jamaica in January to facilitate our strategy retreat? And I'm wow. like, oh, <laughs> Good for you. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. And as they so, say, the rest is history, right? The rest is history. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. So, you know, Margaret, when I was reading about you, you also say that you have found your way through mindfulness meditation. Ah, yes. Help me yes. understand this and give me an example. <laughs> so, like all of us, we have really challenging moments in our lives. Um, people see my smiling face and think, oh, Margaret doesn't have a thing to worry about. They have no idea. But I will not burden people with my worries Absolutely. because most people have enough of their own. Hmm. But um, in, uh, I guess in my early 30s, I trying to think back to where it is. I started to really get um, interested in um, meditation I had been doing yoga, not regularly, but sort of doing it. And then I met this um, this teacher and he said to me, you know, the purpose of yoga is to prepare you to meditate. Mm. Like, really? <laughs> and so I started to explore meditation and I, I, you know, started to practice, but not very consistently. Mm. And when we got to the pandemic... Now I'm in Toronto. Mm. Most of my clients are in the Caribbean. I can't travel. Mm. And they're feeling it. Um, they they don't didn't have the safety net that businesses in Canada mm. had. Mm. So I had this wonderful resource, mm. time. Mm. And so I started really recommitted to meditation daily. Mm. And it just made all the difference to mm -hmm. how I was able to navigate um, the pandemic with ease, grace, and joy, as I like to say. So it actually was, I don't want to say it was wonderful because it was hard, mm -hmm. but I was, it was as, as if I, meditation, my daily practice has allowed me to sort of skate over it, recognizing right. that there's stuff underneath, but I'm able to keep myself in a place where I can look at things with distance, a little well dispassion, if you will. Well said, well said. Yeah. So let's now talk about, you know, what you are so passionate about, which is coaching. <laughs> uh, 
Tell me a little bit about the kind of work or the coaching you're doing at Free and Laughing uh, in, Incorporated. Okay, so Free and Laughing, my company name came from my first book. Mm -hmm. The title of the first book is yeah. Free and Laughing. Mm -hmm. And um, I could think of no better um, name for my business than Free and Laughing. Mm -hmm. and, and I always chuckle whenever I share it with my lawyer or the bank. They smile. And I'm like, well, that's kind of nice that people mm -hmm. are smiling at the name of your business. So I start, you know, sharing joy just with the name of my business. Mm -hmm. um, so Free and Laughing really focuses on helping people to live, leaders, mm -hmm. live, work and lead with joy. Mm -hmm. And I focus on high potential, um, C-suite in sort of the what I call the medium to large companies mm -hmm. but they're medium to large in a smaller environment mm -hmm. so i'm not in the fortune 500 space mm -hmm. i'm in the more entrepreneurial growth oriented the the, the companies that are grow, have you know started mm -hmm. in that rapid growth stage starting to put um, structure in place concerned about culture getting their leadership team together. That, that's the set of people that I love. Mm -hmm. I'm primarily private sector. I used to do government work in mm -hmm. Jamaica and I'm like, mm -mm. <laughs> I love working with CEOs mm -hmm. who, who, you know, we go through something today and tomorrow it starts implementation. Right. Well said. Wonderful. Um, and so I primarily start with strategy, which I still love. I've, gone through many times of saying, I'm going to stop doing strategy, but I just love it, Ash. <laughs> mm. I just love it. And from strategy come two things that I think are crucial. There is culture and there is leadership. Correct. And I think if you have want to have any, any chance of successfully implementing your strategy, mm. it's culture and leadership. Correct. And of course, it, you know, you can't, the leadership leads the culture right okay um and there is this myth out there that culture is hard can't change it blah 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 not true which mm. you would know having with your um experience you know of course you can change That's, the culture yeah. so and it's it's hard but mm. never as hard as you think it it is mm. now so i take a facilitated approach mm. i believe in the wisdom of groups uh, which enables me to be multi-industry. So I'm not industry specific mm -hmm. uh, because what I bring are group processes Correct. and my knowledge of strategy. And so we have these great, um, very involved and interactive and fun mm -hmm. sessions, but mm -hmm. doing very, very serious work. But what it does is that it really just engages people mm -hmm. um, in the strategy. No. That's great. And I always got great reviews about my strategy work. Mm. But then where was the execution? Mm. I'm like, but you said you got so much and this is great. Where's the execution? Well, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And so that's what got me into coaching, which is really coaching around strategy execution, either individuals and or um, teams, leadership teams. So that's what I do. Amazing. You might be wondering why joy? Mm -hmm. Well, joy stands for journey of you. 
Because for us to be joyful, mm. we have got to chart our own journey. Totally. Too many of us are on a treadmill that's defined or a ladder, if you will, that's defined by family, society, uh, sort of group think mm. and not taking the time to think about, well, who am I? Who am I as a leader? What are my values? What am I bringing? Um, not that you can't learn from other leaders, but you never want to say, I want to be just like, because mm. you can't, you're unique. Correct. So who is unique? You. Correct. So that's where the joy comes from, helping Correct. define that. Yeah. And the, the other thing that I wanted to also get your perspective on was that how can humor, laughter and optimism improve performance? So we know that no man is an island. No woman is an island. Mm -hmm. Anything we want to get accomplished, we need others to help us. Correct. And laughter mm -hmm. is like an immediate connector. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if you've ever had an experience where somebody starts laughing and you just start laughing Absolutely too. Right. <laughs> it's contagious, right? Yes. So think of that in a team. Mm -hmm where you have a task that you have to do you need the connection mm -hmm. with the team and amongst the team mm -hmm. and what's the quickest way laughter so i'm actually i don't know if this popped up on my um, bio to you but i'm actually a laughter yoga leader as well okay so i lead laughter yoga sessions and mm -hmm. do all sorts of stuff where i just help people to laugh for no reason mm -hmm. i'm very careful with jokes because jokes can be very um, sensitive. Um, they're culturally specific. So I just say, listen, we're not going to tell too many jokes here. We're just going to laugh together and have fun. And in that, with that connection, now you're actually able to work together to mm. achieve your goals that you have said you wanted to achieve as a team. Mm. Wonderful. It's very important. Wonderful. So uh, I've got a couple of more questions on coaching, then I want to move to your books. Sure. My next question to you, Marguerite, is that given the kind of amazing background that you've had, uh, been to the top business school in the world, an entrepreneur, started being, or, you know, become your own boss. <laughs> My question is, how has your background supported your own coaching philosophy, your values and your style? You know, Ash, I had, I think I had one of the happiest childhoods ever. Fantastic. Um, grew up in Kingston, Jamaica, um, at a time when it wasn't too, too developed. Um, had an elder brother, a younger sister. We, our home was on a pretty large lot of land, lots of fruit trees, two big mango trees. Mm -hmm. And we, my sister and I were tomboys. And uh, my parents accepted that. And mm. They encouraged us to play games. My dad's mantra was play games, eat fruit, drink milk. Well, mm. I don't, don't do the drink milk part, but I did the others. <laughs> I never did like milk. Um, but they encouraged us to participate in sports. Remember, these are girls, right? Mm. We did ballet, music, played hockey, tennis, whatever we wanted mm. to do. But I think the most important thing 
that, well, I wouldn't say the most because there's so many important mm -hmm. things mommy and daddy taught us. But one of the things they did is that they never, ever compared us to each other. I never heard, and I checked with my brother and sister in this, we never heard them say to us, why aren't you more like your brother? Or why aren't you more like your sister? There was total acceptance. Now, how does that play in coaching? Mm. because when I coach someone I have to coach from where they are mm. I have to accept where they are no judgment neither good nor bad and just move from there and I think that has served me very very well mm. in my coaching approach mm. so I think coming right back to to my family upbringing has been very, and it's really something that has taken me through everything I've done in life. That and and that, that is a very, very powerful uh, statement that you're making because upbringing and family really has a very strong influence on us. It does, um, it does. So one more question that I wanted to ask you, and you know, given the number of people, and you said the C-suite leaders you're talking to and CXOs, uh, I wanted your perspective on how the younger leaders, you know, I'm, I'm from the boomers generation. And, uh, but, you know, I always say the millennials and the Gen Zs are now coming into positions of yes. influence and power. And I always say that they have brought in a new paradigm, a breath of fresh air into most organizations. I'd love to get your thoughts on what are some of the areas these young leaders need to be coached in. So the first thing is that uh, we need to stop bashing them. Um, I'll hear people bashing them of our generation. Yeah. And I say, listen, just remember that we brought them up. Correct. Okay, so don't blame them for anything. It's Absolutely. our acceptance again, right? And I, I just am so excited <clears throat> by them mm. because they do not put up with a lot of nonsense that yeah. we put up with, yeah. right? And their way, they are in a bigger world. There are many, many, many more opportunities. I mean, I'm sure the same was true with you as with me. You know, you leave high school. How many career paths do you have? You know, it's yeah. one, two, three, doctor, lawyer kind of thing, right? The infinite possibilities for Absolutely. them, not just in terms of career, but in terms of the world where they choose to live. So we have to recognize that. So in terms of coaching, um, I come to them with a place of acceptance. Mm. And one of the things they want to do, and maybe I, I don't want to say I have to slow them down, but I just bring a little structure to them, mm. is that they want to achieve everything. Mm. <laughs> and, which is beautiful, they want to have a very affirming family and personal life. So I see... Um, this generation being very concerned with good, being good fathers and good mothers. Mm. I actually coach a lot of young men mm. um, and they, they, I see them. Yes, they have their jobs, but, and they're committed to rising on the leadership ladder, but they're not going to sacrifice their family. And I think that's wonderful. So get clear on what they want, mm. help them to get clear on that help them to peel away the societal expe expectations and help them with the confidence 
to get clear on what they truly want and then to start moving, putting that in place. Wonderful. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. And so now I'd like to move to your two books, uh, Free and <laughs> Laughing, which is spiritual, spiritual insights in everyday moments. And the second one you said is forget it. What's the point? Letting go and claiming joy. Uh, before I ask you to tell me about the books, I'm assuming that these are available on Amazon. They are. Okay. So I'm going to ask all our viewers and listeners to go out and check Marguerite Orain's book on Amazon. Both the books I just talked about. I'm going to go and check yes. them out myself. Yes. Marguerite, tell me a little bit about your hypothesis when you wrote these books. <laughs> well, I didn't set out to, to write a book. Okay. In the first one. Yeah. Neither one did I say, I'm going to write a book. Hmm. What happened with the first one? In hmm. 2006, I started a blog, hmm. just writing. And I had a lot of people say, oh my gosh, your blogs are great. It was really just my sort of outpouring my own personal experiences, hmm. my outlook on life and joy and all sorts of stuff. And people would say, oh, Marguerite, these are great. You need to write a book. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Hmm. In 2007, my mom was going to be celebrating December, mm. her 90th birthday. Mm -hmm. And so there was this um, quandary, what do I give mommy for her birthday? She mm. has everything material that she wants, which is yep. not much. You get to 90, you're like, yep. eh. you know, you've learned. Absolutely. It's not the stuff that matters, right? And then one day, um, sort of in a in the show, what I call a show moment, it came to, oh, a book, because mm. I've already written it. I already have the content. Mm. So I put that in my head. And it went off, went on vacation, decided I was going to do the book, came home after summer vacation. And one weekend in September, it was actually a weekend where we had a tropical storm. Mm -hmm. um, and so I couldn't go anywhere. And I just sat down and I went through all my blogs. And I, it was very intuitive. And I literally just printed out the ones that I liked. Hmm. And I looked at them and they started to come, come together beautifully in six categories. Be present, observe, accept, release, trust, and love. Hmm. They all came together. I'm like, okay, that's a book. Hmm. And all I can tell you, long story short, is that that book came together in three months. This is before I even knew about print on demand with such ease, like the right editor turned up, the right book designer turned up, the right printer turned up. It just came together with ease. Wonderful. And then I launched it in December mm -hmm. um, and at, for mommy. And it was just, wonderful and I always I reflect on it and I'm like well why was my experience with this book mm. so such a beautiful experience mm. and here's why because my sole motivation in writing this or publishing this book was love mm. that's it for my mm. mother amazing and when you come to something with love it can only be ease absolutely so, so then I, so then I, um, so I gave her her book <laughs> that I had 999 more to sell. <laughs> and so 
that. So then I came to Toronto. So that's the first book, Free and Laughing. By the way, that free, when you read the introduction, you'll see where Free and Laughing actually came from an email mommy sent. Mm-hmm. Then I come to Toronto and um, I'm like, oh, well, maybe I should learn to how to write. Mm. So I enrolled in the University of Toronto creative writing program. And um, part of the, the, we had a final project uh, to write something of 25,000 words. Mm. So I did it, got my certificate. I'm like, well, if I put all of this effort into writing a project, why wouldn't I publish it? Mm. So that's where I forget it, what the point came from, which also came from mommy. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> um, I, I published that in 2018. You'll see the... the um, yep, I can see it behind you. Cover right behind me. Yeah. And again, that was just reflections and vignettes. These books are not how to. Mm. These books are my experiences that hopefully cause people to think about their own life experiences. Wonderful. Wonderful. I don't like to tell people what to do. Absolutely. Actually, I like it, but I know it's not very effective. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. But I am going to ask you my last question. Okay. It's going to be to be uh, to ask you to tell people not what to do, but for all our viewers and listeners, <laughs> tell me what would you say are three lessons uh, from your own amazing life that you would want them to take back? So you can always start again. Mm. That's crucial. So yeah. if you make a mistake, if you mess up, whatever, yeah. it's okay. You can always start again. Mm. Um, the second one is you can always choose joy. Mm. That is a choice that I make every single morning when I get up. That today is going to be a joyful day. Yeah. And the third is no matter what happens, find something to be grateful for mm. because that will help you to get through whatever it is. Because I, as joyful as I am, I am never going to deny mm. that there is suffering, there are difficulties, there are challenges in the world. It's what mm. makes part of the human experience so we can't get away from it what we can do though is manage the way we look at it how wonderful wonderful. and on that note marguerite and your three amazing lessons (laughs) you can always start again you can always choose joy and the third one find something to be grateful for each one of them is so so profound and yet so simple thank you so much for speaking to me about journey of you uh joy thank you for speaking about your amazing journey uh you know and how you so easily moved from uh, being an entrepreneur to harvard business school to uh, becoming a coach thank you for talking to me about you know some of your own thoughts about coaching uh, about millennials and gen z's thank you also for speaking to me about both your books and i must uh, compliment you about how much credit you have given to your mother for both your books. Uh, <laughs> thank you for speaking to me and good luck to you. Thank you so much and blessings to you and all your listeners. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom 
of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.